Welcome. Church of the Advent is an Anglican congregation in Denver, Colorado, that seeks to share in the life of God by redefining and reorienting everything around the gospel of Jesus Christ. We hope you are challenged, encouraged, and move closer toward the gospel by this week's message. So I'm wondering, how many of you have rules that you live by? Rules, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Rules about television, what you'll watch, what you want, won't watch. Is your house a shoes-on house or is it a shoes-off house? Do you, in, in our house, we have a rule, um, and I, I pretty much enforce it. No food on foot for grandchildren. I'd like that for the adults, too, because let's be honest, everybody spills, right? What about the lights in your house? Do you have a rule that when you leave the room, you turn off the light? I mean, that's just good stewardship, right? Do you have a firm um, rule about what food you will eat or won't eat? You might think of that as just best practices for your body, and indeed it is. But by now, you, you get... Uh, where I'm going. We all have rules we live by, don't we? So when you heard the gospel read this morning, did you think that Jesus was giving you a whole list of rules and regulations you are now going to have to figure out how to live into? Did you think, what does it mean to turn the other cheek if someone slaps you? And how often do I need to do that? If someone asks for your coat, Jesus says, give her your shirt also. Did you wonder how often you might be required to do that? I mean, let's face it, the closet can empty out pretty quick. And loving your enemy? Was Jesus serious? I know that sometimes our families of origin can be challenging. It can leave us embittered. Or a boss maybe current or somewhere in the past who has misused you, somehow becomes an enemy in your heart. And did Jesus really mean you had to love them? Early in Luke 6, we are told that Jesus chose his 12 apostles from the disciples. And, and very soon in Luke, Jesus begins to tell them who the blessed are. I think it's a little different list than what we often hear Christians speak about today. Often we consider blessing as somehow attached to our financial circumstances, our housing, our relationships, or our jobs, our successes. And indeed, those things can be blessings. But listen to what Jesus had to say about blessing. He said, if you are poor... And make no mistake about it, Jesus meant economic poverty. But he also meant if you are poor in spirit, if you know how desperately you need Jesus, you are blessed. If you know how spiritually bankrupt apart from Jesus you are, you are blessed. If you are hungry, and not for food, but a hunger for righteousness, seeking after the kingdom of God, if your hunger is to grow deeper and love and closer and walk more closely with Jesus, you are blessed. If you mourn, and how can we not? If you look at the brokenness, at the corrupt and fallen world and mourn, 
Jesus says, you are blessed. And then today we come to today's gospel reading. So we've just looked at what it means to be blessed, and now Jesus wants us to understand how do the blessed live. But I say to you that listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you, If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. You see, the kingdom that Jesus preached and lived was about a glorious and absurd generosity. That is how the blessed live. We live generously. It's important that we grab a hold of this as Christians. If we live as though Jesus simply came to hand down a new set of rules, we miss the point. At the center of everything that Jesus teaches us is love. And we find here implicitly the twofold command to love God and neighbor. And there is a reminder here that our neighbor includes even our enemies. Jesus is telling us to live generously. Freely you have received. Freely give. Live with an open hand of kindness and love. Return good for evil. I used to have that up on the mirror in my children's bathroom when they were young and lived at home. Return good for evil. Don't punch your brother back. So, Jesus challenges us with this. Think of the best thing you can do for the most difficult person in your life and do it. Think of what you would really like someone to do for you and do it for them. Think of the people you would like to get back at and lavish generosity on them instead. Sometimes that you're limited, I know, based on where you're at with the generosity you can extend, but you can always pray blessing on those difficult people in your life. Pray lavish blessing on them. Let's be a people of blessing. Jesus' plan was not to offer us a new rule book to his followers, a list of do's and don'ts. You may recall that his father had done that several centuries prior to his incarnation. His point was to clarify the change of heart he wants all of us to have, a new way of responding to the difficulties of the world, the difficulties of living among difficult people. Where do you find yourself most wanting to snap back at others? It's kind of a lighter side because I find it interesting how completely unhappy People can be to share the aisles in a crowded grocery store. And I'll be honest, I can get grumpy there too. And we've also heard it here before that the ugliness of social media, the things people say to or about others is mind-boggling. So before you get back at someone there, before hitting send on any social media, ask this comment, ask this question. Is this comment loving 
my neighbor? Is it loving my enemy? And the question I've been asking myself as I prepared this sermon is, how can I live more generously? And we know that simply being kind somehow sends these waves through the air. I don't know how that works, but we know that it does, right? And, and we know that a smile turns away wrath. But what about the more difficult task of forgiving those who have abused us, who have wounded us in such a way that we walk around getting triggered, struggling, I do not want to make light of those woundings, not for a second. I also do not want to make light of Jesus' teaching that we are called to love our enemies. There isn't an exception, not for parents or friends who have abandoned us or abused us, not for church leaders, and we know there are many who have hurt the sheep in their care. Not for politicians that we just find maybe disgusting. Many years ago, I was in a mops group, so mothers of preschoolers. So you know, that's, I've got 13-year-old grandchildren, so it was a long time ago that my kids were preschoolers. But there was a woman in my small group within mops who would tell these wondrous stories about her dad. Oh my goodness, he was the most wonderful dad in all the universe. And I really believed he was. And I would listen to these stories. And I would just get irritated. Why did she get to have that childhood and not me? So I need to tell you this. With the help of my husband and the Holy Spirit's work in my heart, I I do deeply love my dad now. But I was newish at the time of all of this, figuring out. And uh, I had a huge chip on my shoulder because of my childhood. I wanted people to know that I had suffered. I had a difficult childhood. The scars that have come from being 17 and drugged and raped, all those things had ripped this heart of mine apart. There was a woundedness that had crusted over my life, and I was living out of it. And there was someone to blame. I was a victim. I had an enemy. So one day, as I shook my fist at God and said, why me, Lord? Why did I have that childhood? Why didn't I get her childhood? Her dad used to let her dress him up. And the Lord broke in and talked to me, and he said, Cindy, do you trust me? Well, yes, Lord, you know I do. Well, Cindy, do you trust me with today? Yes, Lord, yes, you know that I do. Well, Cindy, do you trust me with tomorrow? By now I'm crying. Yes, Lord, you know. You know I trust you with tomorrow. Well, then, Cindy, you will have to trust me for your yesterdays. You will have to trust me for your yesterdays. We all need to trust Jesus for our yesterdays. That was a a huge breakthrough for my crusty, wounded, feel-sorry-for-myself heart. 
I did not completely understand how lavishly Jesus loved me at that point. I'm not sure I completely understand it now. But I knew he was the answer for everything. I knew there was no going forward without his love and the love that he had lavished on me. And the love that he had lavished on me, he wanted me to pass on to others. He did not want me to live life from bitterness and unforgiveness. Jesus said, love your enemies. Now we know that healing from life's wounds takes time, doesn't it? I mean, Jesus can touch us and boom, be healed, but often it's a process. And it requires our attention. It requires listening to Jesus. It requires listening to him in prayer. It requires the care of others who love us and listen to our story. Perhaps it requires counseling. One thing I want you to know that happens here at Church of the Advent is listening and inner healing prayer. Pastor Jordan and I work as a team to offer listening and inner healing prayer to those who regularly attend at Advent. It's a huge privilege to listen with you as Jesus heals. Seeking the kingdom of God means seeking our healing. We need to seek our Lord Jesus and let him touch those broken, crusty, bitter places of unforgiveness in our lives. Mark Bryans, the rector of All Saints Honolulu, uh, shared this story at Synod last week. So he had been meeting with Bishop Thad Barnum, and Bishop Thad Barnum was our keynote speaker, our plenary speaker at Synod. And I highly recommend all of his talks on the Holy Spirit. You, they will be well worth your time. You can go to Anglican Diocese of the Rocky Mountains and listen to his talks. But Bishop Thad also offers clergy care to the clergy in our diocese. And um, Mark had been meeting with him. He'd been sharing kind of his bitterness over someone's sin. Someone had kind of stirred things up in the network over there, and he was bitter. He was struggling with the hurt of it. And Bishop asked him this. Tell me, what is it like when you pray for them? Them being the enemy, right? Them being the person that's caused all this trouble. And Mark replied, oh, I pray for their repentance and healing and for relief from them all the time. And Bishop Thad said, no, when you pray for their blessing, what is that like? And Mark said, oh, I, I, I don't really do that. And Bishop Thad said, do you not believe God wants to bless them? And if God's purposes are to bless them and you are not praying or hoping for that, then you are praying contrary to the purposes of God. I hope I'm not the only one in the room that has a sense of oops. I'm grateful to Mark for sharing that with us at Synod. I'm also grateful that he gave me permission to share it again this morning. 
And I'm grateful to Bishop Thad for declaring what Jesus taught. Love your enemies. Bless those that curse you. You see, turning the, turning the other cheek is not about waiting to be struck again in the face. It's choosing to forgive and forgive and forgive. Pray blessing over your enemies. I wonder how different our world would be if Christians prayed blessing over their enemies prayed blessing over public figures that we have contempt for. How different would that public figure be? How different would we be? None of us are stagnant. We are ever growing into the light or away from it. Pray blessing over those you love, Jesus says. And then he kind of says, and that's really no big deal because everybody that loves somebody, even the sinners, pray for those that they love. But pray for them. I don't want to discourage that whatsoever. But love those that you struggle to love. Pray blessing over those that you struggle to love. So um, I came across this little book of blessing. Don't let the cover put you off. Some of you may love it, but it's, it's a little bold. But it's daily spirit blessings. It's, it's 40 days of blessing. And so Brad and I have started. I wish I could tell you we hit every day, but we don't. We hit a couple days and then we skip. And, um, we pray blessing in the morning and the evening for each other. And then we pray the same blessing for our family. And then we pray the same blessing for you. Let's pray blessing. The kind of most obvious place, I guess, is to turn to some of Paul's prayers for others and pray those for people you love and people you struggle with. Struggle with. Let us become a people of blessing. I want to close this morning with praying a blessing over you. So I'd like you to just take a really deep breath. Let it out. Become sweetly aware of the brothers and sisters in Christ in this room with you. Become aware of God's presence. And then put your hands out. Point them up and open in a posture of receiving from the Lord, receiving blessing. I always do this at the end of a service, too, when Pastor Jordan prays blessing on us. And close your eyes and receive this blessing. I bless you with knowing that God fights for you. Your Father intends for you to rest at peace in him as he takes care of your enemies. You will stand or move forward doing the things God has called you to do, and he will fight your battles. I bless you with daily steps of obedience to position you for God to fight your battles. I bless you with your ways being pleasing to the Lord in such a profound way that your enemies will live at peace with you and seek out your God. I bless you in the name of the Lord who fights for you our mighty warrior.
Let's live as a people of blessing, loving God with all of our heart and all of our mind and all of our soul and loving our neighbors as ourselves. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening. We encourage you to take a moment to reflect on what God might be saying to you through what you just heard. For questions, additional information, and resources, please visit adventdenver.com.